Oh, Anthony Johnson proved our motto. He proved it. Fighting is easier outside the cage. Do not get in that cage. It is dangerous, which means it is time for verbal tap. Show that proves. Oh, I, oh I'm going to have nightmares about Anthony Johnson. I am your host, Kevin. With me, of course, Raph Esparza. Raph, super disappointing that we had to cancel Ryan Lochte tonight. Ryan Lochte was supposed to be on. Canceled because he's a douchebag. Mm. Raph, first, how are you coping with that news? Second, how are you? Good. Um, I'm less concerned about having to cancel Ryan Lochte than uh, him telling me he had a very reliable Nigerian prince who just needed some cash. So that hurts a little bit more. I I just, you know, we drew a line, you and I. We were mm-hmm. like, he wanted to be on. He kept texting uh, a lot. And we mm-hmm. said, not after, not after that. I think he realized that we did Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And he's like, Brazilians, yeah. I've got some stories. We took that personally. So mm-hmm. under no circumstances, Raph, John Stewart was there. So, you know, we can talk about WWE SummerSlam. I think it's more than just John Stewart. There's plenty of reasons to talk about WWE SummerSlam. I will do so very oh, shortly what a good in uh, a uh, spinoff podcast uh, that we like to call Heel Section that Kevin is not on. So if you don't like Kevin, go listen to that one because it's without him. Hey, and uh, to everyone about to turn this podcast off because that's how they feel. <laughs> that's not cool. That's not cool. Well, uh here is the thing. Yes, there was SummerSlam and happened in New York. Um, big event. There was huge news because Brock Lesnar was going to be allowed to compete there, which prompted something, Kevin, which is that Brock Lesnar was the main event, though he was not a title holder. It was him versus Randy Orton. Do you know who Randy Orton is? Kind of. Okay. What you should know about him is he's the guy who started that RKO craze where everybody just like grabs their neck and like falls to the ground kind of a move. Okay. Okay. So it's kind of like the diamond cutter. Mm. You you may have seen a lot of people do it. Um, I'm going to do something right now. Uh, the people who are not be able to watch this, I'm very sorry. But I'm going to send Kevin the end of the match between Brock Lesnar and Randy Orton. And I would just love to see his reaction or hear his reaction uh, as he'll describe to you what he is seeing. So I'm sending it to him right now. Hi. Um, I'm surprised they let Brock Lesnar just slam steroids at the center. Okay, here it is. It's up, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to click play. Okay. And just describe to the folks what you are saying. I see him. He just did a little strap. He is now – he's gone into the full mount and just started dropping the hand of justice down. He's got a real John Jones move to him. Oh, he just cupped the head. That's where I'd go to armbar, but he's just now wailing on the back. No gloves. That's going to be hard on your hand, Brock, bro. He has knocked his opponent seemingly unconscious and is now just uh, continuing to pummel him, sort of like a Donkey Kong. And, oh, still doing it. Hits him again. Now is stood up into, I guess, a modified full mount, if I'm using jiu-jitsu terms, which why not. Still a huge dagger pointing at his throat from his cock uh a significant amount of blood now coming from randy orton's head like a significant amount uh and that's it okay it's over they called the fight after that they called it a tko win for brock lesnar 
well, that feels like what happens when you take your steroid-loaded fist and you drop it repeatedly, (laughs) fictitiously on someone's head. I would say this, Kevin. So uh, in our realm, uh, Brock Lesnar was um, popped by USADA for an infraction. Our realm. Hold on. (laughs) What's that? Let's just say what our realm is. We are a mixed martial arts. We are a mixed martial arts podcast. So yeah, in the real fighting, if you want to call it that. I I don't. Just the one that has some physical rules. There are some chemical balances here. How dare you? There are physical rules in WWE. I will have you know there was a no contest that happened, Kevin. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And... Let's just really figure out how we're talking about this here because, Kev, there was also somebody tonight that could not break a hold via a rope break. But again, I'm getting too much. It's two-inch side baseball. What I'm saying to you is this. What was controversial about the Brock ending other than that he ended it via jujitsu terms, which is pretty cute? I mean, he was striking, and so it was just very strange. And there are some, I don't know how you believe it, but they looked like they were having hands being thrown Randy Orton's way. Um, but there are some who believe that Randy Orton took what is called a capsule or bladed, yeah. where you uh, allow blood to be flowing from your head. Sure. Does that look like what happened to you? Yes. Okay, so that he took like some sort of capsule, smashed it, after he took like a little bump to the head or something or or yeah or did the cut thing i mean i he's it seems like a master of his craft so which begs the question that doesn't happen a lot in the wwe there's usually a pinfall or a submission tkos aren't exactly the realm of easy storytelling you have to have the uh, announce desk figure out how to help tell the story there's a lot of variables that have to go into it the audience has to buy it like if you don't have anybody telling you what's going on if you're in the crowd you're just like what the fuck he just looks like he beat the shit out of him Eh, all right whatever (laughs) so to you yeah i'm asking you do you think that is strange given the pinfall or submission orientation of wwe yes i do i think it was a direct appeal Mm. to brock's ufc fans Mm. i think it's hilarious and I'll beg you one more question. They have a sense of humor, and they're much better at this. <laughs> much better. I'll, I'll ask you one more question about this, which is very simple. Do you think this is a way to write him off the WWE storylines so that maybe he can deal with his infraction with USADA? Because they didn't seem to stop him from competing when uh, that whole thing came up. That's a fair point. And yes, this does seem like a very clever way of being, well, I guess they can do whatever they want in terms of like making up dipshit suspensions, though, can't they? The WWE? Like, couldn't they suspend you for no reason and just make one up? Like, you push the owner or something. (laughs) Like, that's it. Six months. And Brock's like, great. I wasn't supposed to fight for another four because he's already on like the quarterly appearance route, isn't he? Yeah. He has a, like, they literally have 20 dates or so to use him. So. That's that to me is an easy like ah uh, let's what can we dream up well why don't we have him fucking UFC stomp someone bare knuckled and let's call it like a real a real deal I have to ask I you this it. again before we it's go a great right? idea and it's very important because it just came to me now 
do you think that this was a clever critique on the use of gloves versus no gloves in the UFC octagon, Kev? Oh my god. No, I don't, but that would be amazing. Well, maybe well, I mean, you're just Raph, maybe you're selling them short. Maybe that was a thinly veiled critique that you just didn't see, Kev. You've chronicled this. Do you feel like they're making a deeper seated argument? I mean, aren't they always pushing society towards something? You know, Kev, professional wrestling is indicative of our culture. It's more of a it's a reflection. I believe it was a professional wrestler that had a dream in 1958. Mm-hmm. And then that line just got floated out. I'm just saying. That's what I heard. If I remember correctly, the exact phrasing was, I have a dream. Woo! Almost dump his ass. <laughs> that was the second part of it. So anyway. It's, it's very good. It's just. <laughs> I'm going to stomp his ass. Lacks a little polish. <laughs> That's pretty good, Kev. Um, so if you guys want to hear more about SummerSlam in itself, you can go listen to that podcast. Uh, that'll be on com by the time you probably hear this. So uh, keep an ear and an eye out for it. But uh, I think that'll do it for our WWE discussion. But Kev, hmm. UFC 202. UFC 202 was, I'm going to call it one of the best fights I've I've ever seen. I okay. thought it was amazing. I thought uh, there was some real heart into it. It took serious turns. It had a lot of drama, and no one got finished, but not for lack of trying. Yeah. There was a significant amount of trying to knock them out. Uh, I thought it was amazing, and I thought the card really had a lot of grit and intrigue. What did you think? You were tweeting away, or if you've already been to rafasparza.com, and you know a little bit about what he thinks, or you've seen the videos. Raf, you seem to be moved by this fight artistically. Is that fair to say? Yeah. It's changed who I am as an artist. Not, it's made me a, I'm not saying it was your Sistine Chapel moment. I don't think it's made me a better yet. comedian, a better father, <laughs> and a better man. Uh, Raph doesn't have children, but it still ma- it made him a better father. He made me a better be father right then, right there. It's a very... If I have a kid, I'm going to be way better off from that match, Kev. Woo! I, me too, because there's a lot to handle. First, let's talk about the decision, and let's talk about Diaz versus McGregor. Okay. I agree with you pretty much down the center of... I actually might have scored the fight a little bit more towards Diaz. I I wasn't I wouldn't say I was blown away. I don't like the 47-47 a ton. Where do you fall on the scoring? Give us your breakdown which rounds. I I think 3 and 5 are obviously kind of a toss up. I think 2 is a little bit more so than the judges did. What do you think? Okay. That's a little crazy. Uh, in the fact that I'm trying to figure out the math on your scale. Um, I'll tell you this. I had it scored for Diaz, but full disclosure, I was also wearing a Stockton 209 shirt yesterday. So that was an awesome picture. Thank you. Um, my favorite is <laughs> my wife looked at it and she's like, you look so gangsterish," And I was like, babe. You can't throw up a non-gangster version of a Stockton 209 t-shirt in support of the Diaz brothers. Like, nobody wears that shirt to Disneyland and has thumbs up. No. 
No, Although, and I I thought about that too because for you the middle finger is sort of a it's not something you normally incorporate no. into your entertainment <laughs> style. You can't, yeah, I was no, that say. would punch up the monologue. You <laughs> did have the middle finger out, but it fits. And if you watched the fight, he flipped him off a few times. So more than a few times, but there was also other kinds of pointing in there as well. Which uh, we're going to talk about. We'll, we'll get there. Uh, so if you're asking my honest opinion, I had it more scored toward Diaz. And uh, normally in these very close encounters, um, I have a good sense of where the judges are. So when I was watching it, uh, I knew how I was scoring it. But I also took off my Diaz lenses to put on my judging lenses. So I knew it would be close. There are some areas that are up for contention. For example, the judge who gave it 47-47 historically, he gave a 10-8 round, Kevin, which you love, right? You love 10-8 rounds, right? Big fan. The 10-8 round for him happened in the third round with Diaz. So he gave Diaz a 10-8 round in the third round. Would you have agreed with that? I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) Uh, It's hard to give anyone. I thought they both had some that was what was so interesting about the fight they both had such moments in each round and mm-hmm. throughout the fight you could have sold me it really swung momentum wise multiple times i'm going to tell you exactly where i stand and it's going to build i hope a framework of discussion based off of that but this is the guiding principle i feel is the difference between having a feeling of how the fight went and having a perception as to the technical proficiency of it. Allow me to elaborate. No, just leave us hanging with that. I was, I was actually going to go on a major ellipsis. <laughs> the main thing I see with Nate Diaz is this. People felt that he was winning who were really passionate about him in the sense that he was pushing the action, which I think is an important part of the fight granted conor mcgregor came out of the gate was establishing great leg kicks got some knockdowns we'll talk a little bit about those momentarily but at a certain point he started getting tired and nate diaz started pointing at him and actually pointing it out to the audience like ha ha you're fucking tired you fucking bitch Uh, unbelievable tactic and i i like i was in awe of it because i've never done that to somebody i've rolled with i've never been like ha ha you're tired but i'm going to now But there was a problem with this in that they've now cut the footage of Conor McGregor running away because he would be like, fuck this noise. And I think this becomes a very big split for people where they say, oh, he's making a tactical retreat. Like, you know, Floyd Mayweather, he disengages so that he can like totally counterpunch you. No, Conor McGregor was running away. And I think conceptually as a fight fan, it is hard to really give that person their fair due when it looks like there's one guy who wants to be in the fight and is really playing that up and another dude who, I don't know, maybe for the total amount of time of 35 seconds, maybe 40, I think they've done a super cut of it, <laughs> was basically walking away. And I'm going to be honest with you. I thought about doing it last night. I was like, maybe I should cut that up and like do that super cut myself. And I was like, eh, I'm not going to do it. The internet will take care of itself. Good night, world. <laughs> So that is my perception on why I think Diaz fans are so disappointed is that you have one person who really wanted to fight 
and was at least, even when he was taking in shots, was coming forward. And you have another person who had a very high precision rate. And let's be very clear. Conor McGregor made major improvements in this fight. And not only major improvements, but his striking was crisper. His defense was better. Overall game plan coming into the fight was smarter. So I think that's where the discrepancy exists. Yeah, and... I loved the last takedown, mm. but I don't think if you're just, if you're, people are like, he took him down. It's like, well, Nate got knocked down in the first round. And that, that does leave an impression when it happens early. Yeah. But then what the hell happened in that second round that Nate just came out flying? And I do feel in terms of, and I, I don't have much disagreement with any of your numbers, just a few of the highlights for me include three to four on the almost got KO'd. I have Nate almost getting KO'd in the first, the third, and for sure the fourth round. Mm-hmm. And I have Conor McGregor almost going out twice in the second, twice in the th- what, third, fourth, and then once in the fifth. I thought he was almost out multiple times. I think this is where it gets murky because for me, and again, completely in the Diaz camp of we like them, we like what they do. Uh, They are in many ways the ridiculous hooligans that you can't help but enjoy because they give you the best interviews ever. I think that Nate had the strongest barrage of looking like he was going to end that fight in the third. So that speaks out to me. The knockdowns, I think, are something we desperately need to talk about because of this. I could tell right away Nate didn't look 100%. There was something weird about the way he was uh, putting weight on his feet. Um, Just it seemed a little imbalanced. And again, all credit to Connor coming in, hitting those leg kicks. He should have been doing that the first fight to begin with. So it was that an improvement, and that definitely way. helped in chopping down the tree. But I've seen Diaz at least absorb some and check some kicks. That looked like a dude who was injured. And we later found out that he had injured, and he's not making excuses, according to him. <laughs> he was uh, very clear about that. He was but very he got clear. Video. He got video not proof, excuses. Not making excuses. Excuse me, Kevin. It wasn't he got video. They, he said they're videoed up. Oh, okay. Very different. Oh, that's true. So when I see this happening and I see Diaz not quite there, I love that people make a big deal of those knockdowns when there was nothing happening with them. And honestly, I thought a bulk of those knockdowns came from the fact that Diaz just had a hard time trying to support himself. And yeah, it took a little bit of a force, but we're not talking about a knockout punch that sends him reeling to the ground. It was like, oh, shit, I fell down. Like – it's an imbalancing one. So, yeah, I, I, it's tough because, again, I think we come into the idea of what the fuck is a significant strike make? Like, what is exactly a significant strike? I'd like to hope that every strike I throw is fucking significant I because do wonder it's that hard too. for me to ever hit somebody. That feels like a so bullshit statistic. If it's I get so- someone who tells me, Raf, that wasn't a significant strike, I would be like, you don't know what I've been through, man. <laughs> I needed that strike so bad. I put everything I had in that. I put everything. I cannot 
believe neither of them got KO'd. I really cannot. I mean, what a fantastic job, shitty job refereeing. Sorry. And as I'm sure all of America pointed out, but my girlfriend in particular, as Nate Diaz was like, ooh, his eye does not look good. Coming out of the fourth round, it was like, doesn't matter. No one's no one's stopping this fight. He is going to march right back in there. You could see his brain. We could see it ri- written, weed enthusiast. That's how hard you could see to it, and they would still send him out there. Unbelievable fight. Uh, Kelly was saying, my wife, uh, yesterday, she was making the point of saying, um, okay, well, it looks like the refs have taken the perspective of if he dies, he dies tonight. <laughs> It's like they heard people talking shit about them and just were like, fuck this noise. Here's what I thought in terms of what Conor McGregor was doing great, because it's easy to shit upon him. And again, full disclosure, those kicks, those kicks were great is wrestling. I thought if there was really a winner in this whole thing, it was Dylan Dennis, because the amount of work they did to keep Conor stuck on that cage where he is shorter it is easier to be taken down from a jiu-jitsu black belt who's used to that grind game. He kept him standing up the entire time, and I thought that was a significant credit to what kept him alive in that fight. And even when Diaz was close on those singles or you know trying to shoot in for those doubles when he was super tired, that's still a black belt that you're having to do that with. So that's no easy task, especially with somebody with that much experience. So uh, kudos there. I am interested to see, though, uh, at least on Connor's side, when he punched Nate Diaz, I thought somebody said this very uh, hilariously online where they're like, well, dude, Diaz was bleeding. So, I mean, clearly Connor was doing some great damage. And I think somebody online responded, dude, they're the Diaz brothers. They start bleeding just as they walk into the cage. Yeah. It's just what they do. They sneeze. They're always boxing, so their face is cut up easily. And I yeah. also think they aren't. They're not stupid. They no. know. It looks cooler. Makes them look a little <laughs> tougher. Makes them. Yeah. They earned it. Then <laughs> this way, it's like, oh my god! Did you see? If you watch the first fight, Nate's face is bloody. If you watch most of the fights, Nate Diaz's career is bloody. Okay, so we've talked a little bit about our feelings on the fight. I still feel like I may watch that fight and record my exact uh, responses to it because it is close. There's any way you cut it, you you look at it, it is a razor-thin decision. What I will disagree with is uh, the folks who join us, who are the uh, Johnny Come Lately fans, uh, a bulk of which just happen to be McGregor fans. I love when you say, uh, McGregor won that fight easy. Yeah. which is an interesting statement because I hope you go up and ask him how easy that fight was. But I also think if you look at those numbers, just look at the numbers and look at how you felt during that fight. If you were at all worried when Connor was getting the shit kicked out of him at the end of that third round and he is defenseless, his arms are down and you're wondering if he's going to make it to another round, you have to not only get excited for the spectacle that is the UFC and the greatness of MMA, but if you're truly a fan and you are truly rooting for Conor McGregor you were scared in that moment because it looked grim and yet his resolve kept him through he made it to another round and in the fourth round he looked sharp again so yeah, I wouldn't say it was an easy decision I think it was a narrow one. 
I think that Diaz brought up excellent points in saying that if it were pride, Connor would have gotten a yellow card because him and his brother Nick talk about pride rules all the time, which invites a lot of discussion for our point, Kevin, which is that, you know, the Diaz brothers just call each other and they're just like, yo, pride rules, motherfucker. Am I right? No, oh, God. That's all they fight is pride rules, which is no rules, basically. So anyway, um, and they judge the fight cumulative of the five rounds, not round by round. Yeah. Which I am and a proponent of. You are. And, uh, and again, that's a harder one, too, because on the opposite side for Diaz fans, it is hard to reconcile the fact that the Diaz brothers, their biggest detriment as fighters is they can be outpointed because they have such a regard of how they feel fights should go. So there is a strategy that does take them out of their element um, and is usually the way that they end up getting beat. And that may be the case here, despite the fact that you may feel as a whole for the fight that Diaz may have won. So, yeah. Can we also talk about what gets his mind right after the fight? Besides I, stellar interviews. <laughs> I put you on a special investigation unit here for Verbal Tap. Because I said, you know what, Kev, this is all you. And I would like to talk about it. Please do. Nate Diaz puffed away on a very crucial issue last night afterwards, CBD, what he called cannabis oil. That's basically, it's just canna oil or the other ingredient in marijuana. THC is what gets you high. CBD is more of a... It doesn't get you high at all in the mental capacity. It's much more of like a physical medicine. It's what they give children that have seizures. Actually, there was someone when I was at the medical place, Raph, getting that very thing worked out for another year. When you say I went to the medical place, it just is the most bullshit thing ever. You know, the medicine distributor. Mm -hmm. So... This is volume, kind of, like diet volume, except not heroin. So it's better. No, it's, that's uh, good. Doesn't get you, not as addictive. He was hitting that because it will, it's sort of, it'll take your pain away. It'll kind of relax your entire body. And I can't believe he was able to do that. I guess I know that it's legal in Vegas. If you have a medical card, positive the Diaz brothers do bizarrely they seem like they were really into their paperwork but, but do you though i feel like they're the type that's like nah they just make uh jake shields get one <laughs> which by the way and you know i know the sucky part about doing a podcast after uh the fact is there's so much to talk about but we need to take a moment to acknowledge jake shields's latte throw beautiful now, when there is a water fight, and I covered that at rafasparza.com, so please read my article on that. But there's nothing funnier than Jake Shields throwing a latte that doesn't go anywhere when it's set to music. I want to thank the people at BJJ or BJPen.com for finding that one. I don't know who did it, but whoever you are who did that, thank you. Uh, just thank you. Just, just thank blanket. You. Big thanks. We couldn't have gotten more 
out of that fight from a punching perspective wouldn't mm. have minded just i think to really make it best fight ever category i think it i think it's going to achieve like for recency it's obviously the best fight we've seen in a little while but there was no ground game typically if you want to hit that mma echelon of real awesome respect there's got to be a little bit of jujitsu mm. just a little bit mm. there was none none jujitsu to be had none well, if there was some jiu-jitsu to be had, it would have been a little strange. That's and it hard to grip with all of the blood. Probably. With the blood, and I think one person may have been a little bit more inclined than the other person, despite how many videos may say differently. I don't know. What do I know, though? Yeah, and Diaz is a little upset with Dylan Danis, it sounds like. Well, he uh, was alleging the fact that he's going to get his hands on it. You know, Kev, um, rather than have me talk to you let's about just bring it, him, let's, let's yeah, just I'm bring him on. Quiet, John. Uh, Raph, hold on just a second. We're okay. Uh, I, bring on the 209's favorite son, Nate Diaz. Nate, crazy fight. How's your face? What up, son? Um, shit. You know, it's like, <clears throat> have you ever, like, like just you, you, Kev. I don't know if you punch things, but like, have you ever punched a steak before? Like, it just like hangs up. It's like Rocky. Uh no, not in that context. Yeah, me neither. But I just watched Rocky, and I thought that was pretty cool. cool. Um, no, nah, dog. Great like, fight. what? How the fuck do you think my face is? What kind of fucking question? Not, hey, at least you got some CBD. I took some Friday after jujitsu. So I, I don't you. care, man. You can do whatever you do, player, but you're not going to be like me. I'm like at a press conference, and I'm like literally pulling out like, yeah, bitches, do something about it. You already gave a great interview about your feelings on Connor and the fight, and I I agree. I think you won. My co-host Raph disagrees, but we'll get to that later. I don't think that's true. I'm pretty sure that fucker, <laughs> you know, he, he texted me. I like him better than you anyway, but that's fine. Go on. You are calling out Dylan Danis. Yeah, DJ fuck that guy. What's what's the beef here? You know. So here's on. the beef. Like you know, like when I fought that little leprechaun the last time, he was like really easy to take down because like he's a fucking idiot. You know what I mean? Like he tried to shoot in on me, and I was like, "Fuck you, bitch!" And then I like choked him out. This time I was like, "Fuck you, bitch!" And I couldn't take him down. I was like, "Fuck." What the shit? Fuck you, Dylan Dennis. And I like, I like, I was up against a cage, and I put a middle finger to him because that's how I let people know. Like emotionally, my psychologist tells me, you know, maybe you shouldn't do that. But I'm like, fuck you, bitch. So you know, yeah, that's how I express sense. myself. And thank you. It's nice to have such a refreshing, honest rapport with such an elite level athlete. So you're gonna go after Dylan Dennis now, just like in a jujitsu sentence up. Yeah, dog, because I was smoking fucking weed on fucking stage, dog. So, like, I might be suspended, but I don't know. We'll see what they do. At CBD, it's legal in Las Vegas. Oh, that's just what you saw on camera, dog. Oh, I know, but that's all they can prove. Don't and I said it. that, like, um, I was said uh, yesterday, I was like, oh, I'm only going to fight. My next fight's going to be Conor McGregor. And a fucking, you know, Dana White's like, that fight's not happening. You want to hear, this is my Dana White impression. It's good. <laughs> it's good. Fuck, fuck it, me. You smacked him. Well, right. I want to talk about three. I want to talk about all that stuff, but we just uh, tonight isn't the time because you're still in victory mode. I do have a specific question about something you said at a post interview. Yeah, uh, what? Yeah, my you brother. said you were going to light to do what you do, 
Mm-hmm. You're here to play, and you said, yeah. I'm going to celebrate like a soldier. Could you just elaborate a little bit more on what that means and how it went? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, first of all, America. Okay. The whipped cream. Yeah. Not like dog. First of all, America. So, like, okay. I'm fucking American. And I think people forgot that, too, because sometimes they were booing me. And I'm like, fuck you, fuckers, USA, dog. That's why I had to say it, because I don't remind people I was fucking from USA. Irish people. Yeah, it's fucking stupid, man. Anyway, so, no, how you celebrate like a soldier is you um you take a 21 uh, beer bong salute, and then uh, Monster Energy comes over, and then you sing... Uh, the Star Spangled Banner in your head while you take a drink of Monster Energy. So that's two. And three, you smoke so much fucking shit that you see fireworks go off in your head. And I did, dog. And I wore glasses the whole time. <laughs> you did not disappoint. I know you got to get out of here because of yeah, the concussion in the face. Yeah. Yeah. And we only can allow so much blood in the podcast. But Absolutely. Nate, Heal well, smoke up, buddy. You earned it. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. I want to thank all the people who made this possible, especially the people on this podcast. You guys have been supporting me since day one. So support and respect to Rafa Sparza and Kevin. And no, Kevin. just Rafa Sparza. Okay. Fuck that other guy. I'm out, bitches. Nate Diaz. Oh, weed every day. I can't get enough of him. America can't get enough of him. Great news. He's going to be around for a little while. He is. Raph. Going, <coughs> yes. going to light nightclub. Yeah. That, that means what I think it means, right? He's going home with a couple of nursing students. <laughs> there is a nightclub named Night. So I don't know that he found some nursing students unless you read some information that I didn't. But yeah, maybe. I just assume those are the only people that might have found him still semi-attractive so they could get a little practice on repairing his face. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. We are going to move on to the next fight. We can only yes. talk about it as long as it lasted. Those are the rules. Mm. No, we'd already be done. Anthony Rumble Johnson. I would first very much like to see him fight Daniel Cormier again. Okay. And I would also like to give the referee a rematch against Glover Teixeira. Maybe at Polaris. I don't mm-hmm. know. Hit him so hard he double underhooked the referee, Raph. Can we discuss something, Kevin? How much money it would cost to get me in that cage with Anthony Johnson knowing it was going to get locked behind me? A lot. <laughs> There is a lot of discussion points we can uh, really come back to. But you know, it was something that was really fascinating, Kev. What? Last week, during our preview show, I believe I was asking our good friend, Rob, for uh, McDojo Life, uh, how he would see a fight going between Daniel Cormier and Anthony Rumble Johnson. Do you remember what you said in regard to that? No. Oh, I do. What you said was, hey, guys, um, I'm not going to answer that question because I like to look at the fights that are only in front of me and not ones that are hypothetically in the future and could possibly not happen. Uh, No, what I said was I didn't want to spend more time on a Mm -hmm. fight in the future that was not in front of me and theoretically could happen. But I do remember picking Teg Shera and shitting on that conversation. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So I guess now that we're revisiting that, how foolish a week that? later with a mm-hmm. lot more knowledge. That knowledge being Anthony Johnson almost killed Glover Teixeira. Yeah, I know. But here's the important thing, Kevin. I saw that happening. I did not see it happening in say thirteen seconds. Thirteen seconds, and really, I think it was ten. Uh, but I, I want to read you something because how long did the punch take? I mean, if we're just talking like wind up to connection, which is when it ended, right after just a millisecond after he hit him, the fight was over. My wife very, very hilariously said, as she was watching the fight, she looked over and she goes, "Hold on, is that fight over?" <laughs> Did the ring girl even have time to make it to her seat? No. <laughs> now, here's what I have to read you because people who respond to memes are hilarious. But there's one person who – I don't know how do I say this. Let's just say this. Uh, somebody put on response as to that meme. They said, uh, don't think it takes her 13 seconds now, you have to appreciate the people who respond to memes in all seriousness. Like, excuse me, I need something uh, guys, that I need to clear up here. I know that this is a joke, but I would really like to point something out about it. That's factual. <laughs> I think. Because <laughs> no one knows. By the way, what if she gets distracted? Or he, when, yeah. they, when they bring ring boys. <laughs> like, she could have dropped the sign and not made it to her seat. But that's all hypothetical. What I guess I'm telling you is have something to add to a conversation if you join a comment section pointing out the obvious it's a choice i don't know how strong or smart you look afterwards but anyway they're called um, ring girls be more upset about their name like absolutely cage vixens yep like, <laughs> i just i would like to point something out here it yeah. should be cage vixens or cage handlers or cage alerters. Like, why can't it be cage managers? There's a lot of cage words. Cage alerters. They're not like, doing a lot. Like they're, they're well, they just, sound like the life alert force that they have for They're Dan informing Henderson. us through ceremonial approach that it's a new round, which is great. Dan and Henderson's they're showing like, off his fight camp team and is like, uh, this is my jiu-jitsu guy. This is my boxing guy. And this is my life alert lady. Uh, please call her a cage alert. She's great. <laughs> cage alerters. Yeah, that does have a bad medical connotation to it. Uh, I'll work on it. But that's what people should uh, be coming to the rescue of. Not yes. not the jokes. I do love that, though. Those are those people should think about what it takes to fight Anthony Johnson instead of writing things down. Because, Jesus. Mm. Also, mm. I guess Anthony Johnson is trying to win the professional award. Not a big WWE fan, I assume. And taking a mid to mild shit on the tactics of the two highest paid fighters. What are you, why are you, you... That's what he was doing. Uh, nope. Okay. You don't think so? You thought he was Time just... to give you the privilege and information that I saw later on. Okay. All right. So the very beginning was him playing to the crowd. And yeah, dude, there's no way to get over faster then when somebody's booing your opponent and doing the super classy move of saying, guys, don't don't boo Daniel Cormier. He's our champion. And I just have to say that I have so much respect for him. So, you know, don't boo that man. He's really good. And he's, he's great. And then, you know, the audience is like, yay, you're great. You have sportsmanship, but fuck Daniel Cormier. So that's great, right? That's a great moment. Yeah. He was like, I'm coming for you. Well, it didn't last for long, Kev. Oh, yeah? He started talking some shit? Well, 
he did the uh, traditional post of going to see the guys on the Fox Sports Juan desk. And as he was sitting down there, he was having some good conversation. And uh, I think it was Jay Glazer and the guys decided, you know what? Hey, let's show you some footage of Daniel Cormier speaking to Megan Olivia. And in which point they said, you know, Megan's like, hey, you know, he was saying nice things about you, but are you looking forward to uh, fighting Anthony Rumble Johnson? Like, what, how do you see that match going? He's like, man, I've already beat that boy first time and I choked him out then. And the result's not going to be any different. And I think it was great, but I'm just going to beat him because I'm just going to beat him. I've already done it. He knows it. He's feeling it. And the whole time Anthony Rumble Johnson is staring at that clip. It's with ice cold in his veins. Not laughing, not saying like, oh, that's funny that he thinks that, or all right, we'll see what happens. Just staring a hole through the camera monitor that's showing him this footage to the point that when they cut back to the desk with all of the guys and they go to a wide shot, and mind you, they had a frame on him the entire time. So there was a camera on him while they played that footage at the same time. But when they pulled back to the guys, they're like, hey, hey pretty funny i mean you know what do you have to say to that we'll see i'm gonna be champion and everybody was terrified for their life everybody at that desk tried to use that voice that you use when your friends gone a little too deep into the abyss and you try to pull them back and you say like hey that's it's cool like it's all fun and games right you're not voting for trump yeah fucking murder you so I'm nervous for everyone at that desk. I'm oh, nervous yeah. for Daniel Cormier. You should be. And well, I don't know about Daniel Cormier. We'll get to that in a second. But uh, they definitely cut to commercial big guy faster than I've seen them cut in a while. And if we're being Anthony's kind of boring or do you think this is like focused? It was it was focused, man. Okay. And he was in great spirits. He was joking. He was enjoying things. But then it looked like showing him this footage. It brought him to that dark place he used to be. Like, we know he's come through a lot in his life, but it it seemed to take him back down every troubled road he's been on. It did. It snapped 14 years of of Dr. Scarlett's work. It's all (laughs) down the drain. So. I guess that is why it is important to look at the Daniel Cormier. And it was not dumb to ask the question a week ago and say, how does the fight go between the two of them? Because that is an important question now in the sense that not only did Johnson make a statement, but I'll say this. I think the weirdest part is people were trying to, uh, you know, mock the fact that it's going to go the exact same way. and, And it very well could. But I think they disclude the fact that, you don't always have to have knockout power in every single fight to still have knockout power. Some people lose it as you get older. You know, sometimes you're not as strong as you used to be. Sometimes your punch just isn't there. But guess what? If you didn't have knockout power in one fight, it doesn't mean you still don't have it. Case in point, yeah, he fought Daniel Cormier and got beat. But have you seen those last few fucking knockouts from him? He is vicious and he looks like somebody I don't even want to remotely look at near a cage, not in a cage, just near a cage. No, no one's getting in the cage. <laughs> That's, I'll run. You wanna, he, I'm excited to, uh, he has a different, and they talked about this, Rashad talked about this on the intro fight, that he has a different perspective after losing to Cormier. 
And did you see no one took his water bottle? Yes. During no one, even even when Tepper's and Connor's dicking around and Diaz running around, they're all like, "Yeah, let's not touch uh, Rumble's water bottle. That'll that pisses him off. Don't touch Rumble's things. No one touches Rumble." I do believe we have a the person that I and this is I know I'm about to use the phrase that people maybe don't want to hear. This is the person I want to watch fight John Jones. I want to watch someone strong, mean, and pissed off fight John Jones. That's what I want to see. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a little bit of that too that was like, yeah, well, is they've been trying to grease the wheels that John Jones didn't take something illicit. Those have been, if you haven't noticed, that's what's been going on in the UFC's media cycle. They've been slowly trying to, oh, he didn't take what he says, what Dana said this week. You don't take what you think he took. It's like, what do we think he took? He took something that got him popped and removed from UFC 200. Is that true? That's true. Well, let's also talk about the fact that, yeah, he took something. And uh, we don't know what it is, so we're trying to get to the bottom of it. And that it might be an erectile dysfunction pill. That would be so awesome. And I highly I, doubt it, by the way. But can we can we really discuss the fact that football players it, get caught taking Adderall or <laughs> that bullshit? Yeah. But why would erectile dysfunction be on a list like that's it's kind of sad for the fighters if you think about it that they you know, keep revealing embarrassing things about john jones that have nothing to do with his fight career it's like you have type 2 diabetes it's like, wait why are you releasing that uh this you know, time you just, had gonorrhea guys <laughs> weren't supposed to tell you the next test that comes out they're gonna be like um our tests indicate that you cried uh during the lion king so you're a bitch <laughs> it's very effeminately specific they do that would be um i still don't believe it i think you took something but i like this story more let's get john jones in the cage senor john jones we know that you had an abortion wait <laughs> you were wait, 19 how? i was never pregnant what are you what are you talking about it's like yeah, clearly sure medical records show you had I... those uh, those tainted Mexican supplements. They got you pregnant. It says so. here you tested positive for crying the first time you touched a boob. So mm-hmm. that's... Mm-hmm. Donald Cerrone wants to fight Eddie Alvarez. He told us. He told us that after executing just some very gorgeous, gorgeous striking. Did a little. We got some jujitsu, by the way. Kev, talk to me about that. What do you feel about his jiu-jitsu? I just, I think it's important that we know it because we never see it. You know, I think a lot of people forget that he's got jiu-jitsu and wrestling in his his repertoire. I liked that. He was in the after fight, which was, um, I was just really impressed with Cerrone's in-fight performance. He pretty well dominated the thing. Striking wise, it was it was just ridiculous. Got a submission attempt in, did, did some bottom work. But afterwards, he said he was trying to submit him. It's like, hell yeah. I like it when fighters have a goal. McKim, I think a lot of people, they don't know that about him. He's a purple belt, I think, via jiu-jitsu standards, but he's been high-level wrestling, so whatever that, however you measure that, and he likes to submit. He's good. I want to say something real quick. You get a the lot of high-level that... jiu-jitsu people say he's good. Yeah, absolutely. I love the fact that Kevin doesn't take the bait. In talking about what he was talking to me about off air, 
yesterday during the fights, which is a pet peeve of his. Oh, a lot of people don't know Donald Cerrone's great on the ground. <laughs> Shit, sorry, I thought you were. I didn't know. You kept saying it was like, am I supposed to keep talking about his jiu-jitsu? Do I know someone that did jiu-jitsu with him? I was trying to think, was it like Gary that told us he had pretty good? I don't remember who told us he had good jiu-jitsu. Well, it was Gary because there was supposed to be a potential match between the two of them. Oh, okay. Uh, the- as told to us by John Danaher in an exclusive interview with yours truly. But There it Kev- is. Thank you. That's what. Sorry, that's what I was trying to remember during that setup. I was like, But fuck? let's discuss this, though, Kev. You were so mad Rogan. about it, and I just want to give Rogan you a forum phrase. to discuss it because I have a tack on to what you were talking. Do you about. know? Do, I get you. You seem to know what I was talking about immediately. Joe Rogan likes to throw out the phrase. A lot of people don't know this, which is fine when he's talking about um, Saba Ham- Hamasi, right? Fighting to me. A lot of people don't know this guy. Trains out. Yeah, we don't know a fucking thing about him. We know everything about Donald Cerrone. We know what he does before the fight. We're watching on our little Twitter Donald Cerrone fan network. He tells us. Everyone knows he's good on the ground. Everyone knows he's great on his standing. Everyone knows he likes submit. He does it all. A lot of people might not know that he wanted to. I don't know. what. I hate when he does that with fighters we know about. A lot of people okay. don't know Anthony Rumble Johnson's a real athletic beast. Like, okay, okay. Two quick responses to that. The first was, uh, now I know you were bitching me about that, and I said we had a lot of noobs yesterday because Conor McGregor brings in the crossover audience who sometimes actually legitimately do not know much more about Donald Cerrone other than he likes Budweiser and he's always fighting. Noobs, you're talking new fans. You just say people well, yeah, like, because we've, on got, we've okay. got people who okay. are coming to watch and I buy that funny argument. Irish guy do that. I buy that. That's, that's an argument, I think, if that's what he's going for. Okay. But what if I were to tell you a little bit later, when they interviewed Donald Cerrone and the Post Presser, he himself said, you know, a lot of people... No, uh, I've got some pretty good wrestling, and I like doing that, and I like grappling. But uh, I think a lot of people just know that I like to get up and kick people. But yeah, I mean, I like that. This is going to be exactly like the well, not to disagree with the Donald, but this is going to be a lot like the Diaz brothers training triathlons. Everyone knows it now. We know it. We absolutely, even people that casually watch, we know you. A lot of people don't know. I like to submit people. It's like I think we do. They say it. Every time you fight, you say it. So maybe is it just like these are myths? Not myths, but it was true, and myths. it's 2016. It's no longer 2014. Yeah, I read it so they become like somewhere. colloquialisms for the sport. <laughs> That's the word I was looking for. There we go. Uh, I think they become part of a, a fighter's narrative, and I, I think that fighters like to branch themselves out. I think especially when you have ultimate fighters, Kev, they like to show that they are students of all the martial arts. So, yeah, sometimes I feel they get talked about in one way. They're like, yo, whoa. If, if I had time, mm-hmm. I would go through all the smash cuts of Cerrone's opponents being like, you know, he's got good submissions. So we'll look out for that. And I would play it after him being like, oh, people don't know I have a good ground game. Oh, I'm going to be looking out for this. And then, like, all the clips of him doing the behind-the-scenes UFC 24 by 7 or the week of fights or whatever. Just smash I think all. you're taking it the wrong way. If I were you, I'd be telling people. I know uh, more about this than you. People love to hear that. No, 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 no. I think you're taking it the wrong way. I think the right way to play this hand is if I were being interviewed post fight, post anything, 
I think I would immediately pivot to, you know, a lot of people don't know. I'm quite good at Scrabble. Be like, uh, I don't think people do know that. I know I just said it. I think a lot of people wouldn't know that. Yeah, but how does that relate to your fighting career? You know, I'm not really sure, but I just wanted to make sure I brought up a fact that nobody really knows about me. I will also pivot mm-hmm. that I would want to pick something that I'm definitely I, I don't want them to try to be like break out a travel scrabble board be like prove it I'm like fuck <laughs> like, I am good at cribbage there we go that's what I, a lot of people don't know I play a lot of cribbage there we go it's a good thing people don't have lawn darts here or they'd get worked <laughs> am, I, am I am I right a lot of people don't know I'm a big tire swing guy I can uh, really work it oh they definitely would have a tire swing so I, I I wouldn't want to fuck with Hyung that. Gi Lim mm-hmm. failed me in the I want to see that awesome name win territory. Yeah. Mike Perry. That was a surprise one, it sounded like. Uh, there's some accusations, especially after the fake out for the handshake the other day. Um, but there were some accusations that uh, the uh, there was some racism thrown from a certain corner. No way. Mm-hmm. Which one? Guess. Barry's. Yep. So uh, look that up. I won't make any decisions for you guys, but uh, it yeah, is out there. So Google Perry races moment. Uh, Tim Means. So the, the one thing I did like about this fight, we didn't mention, you know, Rick Story, I thought, fought well, but he was fighting Donald Cerrone. Uh, wins via just another beautiful sequence everyone's seen the meme floating around social media today of him cracking him it's just unbelievable yeah um mike perry wins again round one tim means wins round two felt bad for saba hamas great stop it's great stoppage oh tim means doesn't he does that thing where he doesn't go into i'm gonna knock you out he just like well i'll keep hitting you as long as you're standing it's like oh glad they stopped that one yeah. Cody Garbrandt, uh, vicious knockout over Takaya Mizugaki. Yeah. Very few decisions, but Pennington wins one. Yep. And I, the last fight I saw was <laughs> Artem LeBeau versus Chris Avalon. What did you think of that one? I thought it was a lot of fun. I liked uh, Artem LeBeau's shorts. These two went at it. They were scrapping. We had a lot of people not like that one. Well, the second and third round were boring. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Way to, way to really uh, try and talk him up there, Kev. I liked his shorts, and now I'm remembering <laughs> that I thought the first round was fun. I was like, I like that guy's shorts. I had like a positive memory of the fight. I was oh, like, oh, no. that fight was terrible. That's right. The second <laughs> and third one was like uh, smaller guys. Yeah, I think the sad part for Avelia was he never really got into the fight. And LeBeau just, you could tell he was ages above Avelia's talent. And that's that's a tough thing to do. And the hard part is, I think it's one of those moments, and maybe you've had those roles, where you just realize you're in over your head and there's not much you can do. Yes. You put up the best fight you can, but you're like, oh, yeah, I'm super out of my element and you here. you always know it early. <laughs> I'm out of my element. There's, guys, 
You're like looking around and just like, ah, oh, fuck. Can someone stop this? Because there's also that gear that clicks. It's like, well, I got to fight him now. Yeah. Well, I'm in this already. It started. So uh, I knew I wasn't very good. Yeah. I internalized that. Our Neil Magny loses to Lawrence Larkin. Yeah. That's tough. Lawrence Larkin, still a very good CW superhero name. Colby mm-hmm. Covington wins TK over Max Griffin. Mm-hmm. Max Griffin, still just a fantastic poor name. Uh, Marvin Vittori submits Alberto Uda. Yep. It's good submission, too, by the way. Scary tattoo alert again. Marvin Vittori's <laughs> got a. Not scary, but it's artistic. <laughs> <laughs> it's pronounced. I didn't see who got performances of the night. Obviously, the fight of the night went to the uh, went to the big guys. Correct. It was not a good big. F- I'm sorry, um, not the physical big guys. It obviously went to Diaz McGregor. <laughs> yes, uh, they picked up the fight of the night bonuses, which was chump change, considering that Conor McGregor got paid the most money anybody's ever been paid. And I do want to uh, pivot here for just a second, Kevin. Uh, our good friend Joe Joe Gilpin was going off on this, saying that Conor McGregor, he didn't like the fact that people were going against him because they would rather see somebody like him lose and set back the sport because if Conor McGregor loses, it's an end-all, be-all of MMA. It's reasonable. I mean, kind of, but it's a really shitty savior point for somebody who is like, oh, if it's not Connor, it will never happen, which isn't true. No, not at all. For the mere fact that uh, my favorite thing is, and Dana says this consistently, Dana said to the point where he's like, you know, I remember when they fucking told me Anderson Silva's leaving. They're like, what the fuck are you going to do? Well, somebody else comes the fuck along, and it's true. I think the point he's trying to make is that somebody has the balls uh, like Conor McGregor to fight back with Dana and has some leverage. And it sounds like that may be where we're going because Connor himself was starting to allude to the fact that there may be opportunities outside the UFC. Is this just talk or is he truly entertaining the Floyd Mayweather conversation? Just to piss off Dana, as you pointed out in your article, which I think is uh, probably real. Could be, but I I just feel we're at a point now where the sport is good I think that, yeah, Conor McGregor, he made the most payday that's ever been made. You know, Brock Lesnar made $2.5 million for his last fight. But I'll tell you something, Kevin. Maybe I'm taking a jump here. I think that, and again, hot take, take for what you will. Call me crazy, but I think that had he not fucked over the last press conference, he would have made more at UFC 200. I, you, I, I do. I think because they had to renegotiate with him, they lost money on promotional efforts. And this I think fight Conor was McGregor, not as good as those. Like, you know, they had Brock Lesnar leading in, who's a huge payday. The fight stacked up, to your point, meaning more people would have been watching. Yes. And it, the whole reason they brought in Brock Lesnar was so that they had an insurance for a pay-per-view draw, quote-unquote. And uh, it turns out the pay-per-view did just fine with him. Now, the fights weren't as exciting. They were not that, you know. Uh, McGregor and Diaz is ages above Brock Lesnar. I haven't thought about them, how much they wish this fight had been at 2 on and now, probably after watching it. Probably. And I think the hard part is, uh, you know, McGregor trying to make the case that not doing press is, meh, meh. Again, it still just doesn't ring true. So I think that, yeah, McGregor still ended up fine. 
and got a good payday from it. But to put all of your eggs in one basket for one human being who is capable of ego and nepotism like any other human being in an elevated place, I think it's easy to confuse the fact that, yeah, he's our savior with, well, if it's not him, then it will never happen. It's like, no, there's there's a lot of them. It's just a matter of right time, right place. And you know what? Here's the news. It may take a little while to happen, but the the best part of this whole thing, and this is why I love MMA so much, is you can't predict these things. You can't predict the next Conor McGregor. They didn't know Conor McGregor existed when Anderson Silva was having his reign as king of pay-per-views and sales. So I think that's what makes it exciting is you just don't know where they come from. And when they do, it's part of the reason we all get so captivated. Plus, mm. and this is just for nothing, Joe's early 20s and kind of a tool. <laughs> got him so that's uh, that's the other reason he gets a little like oh what are we gonna do everybody's <laughs> gonna be around by the time 27 yes it will i just love the fact that when he was talking about it he just goes i'm not being mopey about it it's like <laughs> guys uh, you, you say so buddy <laughs> the moment anyone says that to everybody just Im- immediately jumps on like yeah obviously yeah you mm-hmm. like, yeah what, whatever you want only to someone you. who is would say that that's the only time you'd say that Totes. UFC 202 was amazing. Thanks, Diaz, McGregor, and everyone that knocked everyone out. That was a refreshing change. The fights, we by the time the third one had finished, we just sort of had that moment where we're like, are we? And then the fourth one doesn't take much longer. It's like not a single fight has lasted as long as its promo leading up to the fight yet. Uh, maybe Means and Hamasi. Everybody else, quick, great card. Because uh, Diaz and McGregor, it took a while. So bloody. Do you have a uh, McDojo me winner? Yes, I do. And? So here's some important information to know. Kev, Rob from McDojo Life and you were neck and neck. I should uh I think I took Lim and I took Rumble Johnson's opponent, which was mm-hmm. dumb. Mm-hmm. You I took like, I wanted one upset. I just had to do one knee jerk dumb one. That was the <laughs> just one. Apparently Lim and Perry was the knee jerk dumb one. Uh you both I believe picked uh Cody, no love guy Brent. Um you both went ride or die with uh Rocco's and that didn't turn out well for you. Um but it was it was neck and neck, Kevin. It was it was an exciting thing to watch. It actually came down to the that. very end we did. of the night. Well, we both chose Diaz, so it was No, um, you did not. Who did I choose? He chose Conor McGregor. Oh god, I forgot. He did. See, I thought he chose Diaz. I did too. But I re listened to it today just to make sure. And he definitely went with Conor McGregor. He said Conor McGregor at the end of his spiel. Hmm. Okay. So with that, um, I guess I lose this one. I'll put under protest. Cause I'm going to go listen. I thought you, you can go listen. No, what happened was, is we had put him in the 15 seconds. We said, who do you think is going to win? He said, Conor McGregor. Then when we asked him, how does he see Diaz winning? It does not necessarily mean that he thinks Diaz is going to win. Gotcha. It I just don't need means... the recap because I don't trust you. 
So you're welcome, but that's already not. Why would you ask him, how does Diaz win the fight if he chose McGregor? Because I wanted to hear if I could maybe confuse him or get him to consider the alternative. all? That doesn't sound like you. Why would not you ask about Diaz if he chose McGregor? Oh, but Absolutely. Why would no, that's 100% win? something that I do. do that? You know what a good moderator does? A that's good moderator. seven questions about fights that are planned for maybe UFC 206. I just wanted to go over real quick. When I'm talking about certain fighters and you're like, this Rick story, uh, what's this? This Perry guy? Is that something to call any news? Well, yeah, he got his headlines for being super racist and uh, getting a super great knockout. So, yeah, maybe poor people might want to know a little bit more about him. So I'm just saying maybe I have some foresight. You knew about Perry's racism last week? Oh, I knew he would create headlines, but I didn't know for what. It's called instincts, Kev. When you have them and you've got these gut feelings, yeah, you know what? I don't want to spoil it for you. I guess what I'm saying is he came away with one more correct than you did. Chose McGregor to get it. Well, crushing. Now I'm even more upset about that decision. Yeah, I know. That one hurts. So what do you have to do? Since he's not here, I guess you should say something to him. Uh, Rob, unfortunately, was able unable to join us this evening, so we're sending our best to him. Uh, we will get him back on another future show. Um, but, Kev, what do you have to say to him since he is not here to take his congratulations? He can go fuck himself. That was such a horseshit decision. And uh, I should have just picked Johnson. It's too agreeable. <laughs> Trying to be disagreeable. Unreal. Some horseshit decisions got in the way. And thanks, Yungi Lim, for being a heavy favorite. And getting KO'd by an asshole. Nice job. Mm, That's yep. good stuff. He could have stood up more for himself. He's six four. You'd think. <laughs> um. So what do you have to do? I have to do a video about McDojo naked uh, with things blurred out. Was the deal? I still don't know how you guys talked yourselves into that one. He wouldn't stop talking about being naked for things. That's true. And I, you know. Guess I thought Diaz could finish him. I was wrong. Let's be real, it's though. Crushing. It's better than uh, entering a tournament and throwing it. Throwing? Oh, yeah, that was definitely not going to happen. I was like, so, that. you know, I think they all kind of uh, jumped together in their own world. Well, Kev, uh, here's the important thing. You were doing okay. It just came down to that last one, so... Yeah, it's a tough loss, but you know maybe you should take in the solace of one Conor McGregor and use this and learn from it. The king then, is back. It's like you won king. by a hair decision. <laughs> that was my favorite. Might book. not be the time to scream. The king <laughs> is back. <laughs> it's like the king is like in his waiting area. Like, yeah, the king is up, reapplied for his crown, and it's uh, being it's at the cleaners currently. But they'll they'll let him know in a few uh, weeks. I do have a couple more things I want to chime in here very quickly. Uh, we put up a few memes yesterday. We had some responses. The first of which is uh, we decided to play a little bit with the mentality that there were some people who said that fight was fixed because they figured there's the inevitable trilogy. And we're going to entertain them by giving them a platform online because those people are psychopaths. Absolutely. So what we did is we put up a meme of Dana White holding cash money. that just says it's a trilogy. Uh, oh, I thought you were just uh, 
I guess, okay, you were taking a shot at the judges. I thought yes. you were just expressing how he honestly felt. He was just like, uh, no, no, cha-ching! No, no. Open to interpretation, Kev. That's what the best memes do. I just assume that's always how he looks at something. That's like, uh, <laughs> you know, I guess it was close, but fuck you, money wins. I mean, to be honest, that's how he asks for coffee every morning. Just throws that up. Uh, our good friend Chase wrote, uh, Nate's thinking about the money. Uh, Neon Belly, 1974, wrote, It was written in the stars, and a trilogy would not have been possible if Nate won tonight. That's accurate. Good job. Which I think he did by a small margin. Uh, Josanne727 wrote, Nate got robbed. Uh, somebody who has this, <laughs> the sign-on name, It's Over 9000, wrote, Nate lost on purpose for the third fight, so UFC Connor and Nate could get another payday. Kev, your thoughts to that? It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah. You don't like these these conspiracy theories, Kev? Um, is that a conspiracy? I I guess I could change my attitude for fun's sake, but I would be because I think it's ridiculous. So there was another meme that we put up as well that said Dana White looks huge compared to Joe Rogan, and we said forget all That's the other fair. athletes, and we said that motherfuckers on something. He like I, we want Usada to get to the bottom of whatever he's on. Some of the responses said it's the horse meat. LOL. One person put Tanner Marlson said, comment RIP on my profile to confuse my friends, which what? I don't want to comment RIP on your. Wait, do you are you do should we report you to the authorities? Like, I don't know what's happening here. Uh, Uh, That's that's a fine joke. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Somebody said he's not fighting, though, so it really doesn't matter. Uh, the Frank the Tank 302 said Dana's on TRT and is open about it. So is Lorenzo. And somebody else put, awesome. uh, seeing that he's just, uh, he's not a fighter, he can get away with that. Many fighters must be jealous. We don't want them to suspend him. I just really want to know what he's on. I don't need them to take action. Yes. I just want to know the numbers. And CA we. What? CA6. <laughs> well, I, the, th- the end of the joke was I said, whatever he's taking, I want in. So. Yeah, yeah, this is real curiosity. That guy's neck has grown. And the last one that we have over here is from uh, the folks who responded to the, well, one thing is clear about this new management. They give zero fucks on where Mike Tyson sits as he was currently sitting behind. Come on, new owners. A murderer's row of individuals, though some people did try to point out the fact that, yes, Dana White did sit next to him uh, in the front row for the final two fights, which begs the question why not put him there earlier it's tyson we got like three shout outs yes it was a slow night for him however one other thing i guess about that is the meme that we put up there was a dude who i think was cheering like he's the one with his tongue out and is just like ah, like screaming because he sees himself on camera i think that dude responded to us and was like i'm that guy I was like, why the fuck are you tweeting? Just enjoy the event. You're there. Have fun. Have fun, kid. But I like it. If you're on I, tweet us while you're on the television. I, like, hey, if you want to do that, that's great for us. We we enjoy interacting with our fans. So uh, we thought we would bring those things up. We also we got a verbal tap. We did. Thank God. They said he verbally tapped, which was really helpful. Multiple times. So big thanks. Shout outs. Appreciate it, Joe. Shout out to appreciate it. I think that's going to do it for us then tonight. 
here at Verbal Tap. Let's do some shout-outs. Yo. Um, I'll kick her off. Get the hell beat out of me. Uh, thank you, Anthony and Andrew. Those were some fun rolls last Thursday. Got a good no-gi class from Will on Friday. You have those... I was still hungover. I was jujitsu hungover. Mm. Couldn't my arms were just like no, nope. You can escape, but no one's interested in attacking. So why don't you just go ahead and breathe, calm down? I uh, still made it through. We were doing some separating the hands during transition. You know, to keep people from putting them up by their neck. That move. That's what we were working on. A lot of, a lot of nogi sprinting. It was great. Love me some nogi. Ready for some green shorts too. I have to hit that Reebok set up. Just like those. Uh, <laughs> look like fun to grapple in. It's gonna do it for me, Raf. <laughs> you have no venue in which to use those shorts, Kev. Uh, you would just be buying them for the sake of buying them. Just doing jujitsu in them. Yeah. Mm. All right. Let's USC start off. Shorts, which is very cool. <laughs> This whole thing is, I'm like, you're not a valet Tudo fighter, and you're not going to ADCC, so. They have not just, invited me yet. You, not yet. We're waiting. We're, I'm hoping for an ad hoc invitation, but, yeah, they don't give a lot of them out. We'll see. A lot of people still have no clue how the fuck that works. They're just like, nope. do I have to try, or do, do you just email go, me? Uh, is there a ticketing system? I is there a carrier pigeon? Do I win a lottery? How much you tell me. Um, let's start by saying a nice big shout out to our friends at Breakdown Academy. Great stuff happening over there this week. Uh, our good friend Fletcher Huan came to roll. He is leveling up quite nicely. And, uh, I always like rolling with Fletcher. He's, he's good people, man. And he's just, he's so goofy and he's so indicative of, uh, the good folks over at the dark side. And so we want to say thank you for stopping in. I also want to shout out Valley Martial Arts Center. You're back. They just hosted their whiteout competition today. I was not able to be there, but I was there in spirit. Um, I heard great things for our guys who were competing, and I heard great things for the folks who helped put it together. Our team always pulls through, and I have so much happiness that they were able to do it. If you guys are in the area, we have a uh, VMAC special event coming down next Sunday. So that is, I believe, the 28th. If you guys are around and you got 40 bucks. And you want to learn some stuff from Kit Dale? Ooh. Roll on through. Because he's doing a seminar over at Valley Martial Arts Center in North Hollywood. So look that up. Uh, you can go ahead and contact us over uh, that way at uh, VMAC on the interwebs. I believe it is uh, valleymac.com. And uh, yeah, get in touch with us. We'd love I to see you come through. He has an accent. So just... uh, good day, mate. You I know. heard. I don't. Mm-hmm. I can't confirm. We talked to him for like an hour and a half. We did that one time. I don't remember if he had an accent or not? Uh, it was. It's all a blur. I just know he's been drilling a lot. So <laughs> there is that. Um, I want to thank everybody who's been sharing the articles and stuff like that. We've gotten some really good responses to a whole bunch of stuff I've been writing, and it's it's always uh, a wonderful surprise when you guys uh, share my articles and you enjoy them and you respond back to them. We love getting that response. In that same vein, we wanted to send a big shout-out to our friend Jesse Saxon. Uh, Jesse Saxon is the guy behind White Belt Survival. He's one of our good friends, and uh, he recently put up his last post for uh, WB Survival, uh, today 
He's going to be moving on to other stuff. He's still going to be doing jujitsu, but not writing a regular blog with uh, the whitebeltsurvival.com or White Belt Survival Strategies. And uh, we just want to say, you know, Jesse's always been a real good uh, friend of the show. He is a great practitioner. He's super nice, always has great insight. And uh, while we are a little bit saddened he won't be keeping up his site, uh, he will always have a welcome place here. And uh, we're very happy of the work that he did. So uh, we just wanted to send a big shout out to him and say thank you for the excellent work. And uh, we look forward to you coming back inevitably to writing about it. And yes, you will still be able to find him on the mats somewhere over on that East Coast side of the garbage that is Pittsburgh. Is that it? Is that where they are? I don't know. Uh, it's definitely near the United States. It's it, No, it's in. It's in a garbagey area. I'm not really sure where it is. It's like a north garbagey, sort of yeah. south garbagey. Definitely. So uh, props to him and props to our good friends over at Systems Training Center. Uh, Christos Yagos for a big win over at RFA. Um, our good folks over at Millennia. It was a tough weekend for you guys, but Lorenz Larkin pulled you through. We want to send shout-outs to our good friends Mike Fletch and... Cody Bellinger for the great fights as well. And we know you guys will bounce back very soon. So shout outs to all. That's going to do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night and good fight. Five stars. And uh, we'll bring Nate Diaz back. We will.